Welcome to the Iron Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Now, as you may have noticed, we've been kind of taking a break during the summer like we usually do. There's not a lot of Star Wars television going on, so we're taking it a little bit easy. Uh, but we are back today and with one more episode before Ahsoka comes out. Uh, but today we're talking about Star Wars Visions Season 2. So this is the kind of animated anime kind of, I don't even know what to call it, like one-offs, one-shots. Um, yeah, like an anthology, you know, it's a series. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And experimentation, too, because of the different styles. So yeah. it. It, yeah, that's true. I guess I was going to call it similar to Marvel's like what if, but even then it's I think this is a little bit more out there in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. uh, that part that part I agree with. Yeah, we've got a little bit of news, a little bit of uh, vision discussion and yeah, it should be a fun episode. I'm excited to talk to you guys again. It's been too long. I know it has. Yeah, it's it been has. Too long. But first, we've got some exciting uh, developments since we've been um, since we last recorded. Uh, you know, as, as, as Stephen said, we're taking the summer off, but we'll have a couple episodes here and there for you this summer, uh, including this one. But, of course, the main event happens on August 23rd when Ahsoka's first season premieres. I I am very excited about this, right? There's been so many rumors and theories and speculation, and oh, it's great. I, I, I am excited that they released a TV spot. It looks very cool it's hard to believe we're like a month and a half away from Ahsoka. <laughs> Can you guys believe it's it? It's a weird feeling, right? Very, very, very weird. Oh, yes. Uh, also, we had some interesting developments on the film side of things. Um, now, I'll be honest. I don't put a lot of stock in any announcements uh, on for the films until they start production. Until they're filming, I do not trust any of the announcements there's been too many films they've announced and then or have been rumored and never happened um <clears throat> but they um they moved there was there's been a, a movie on the calendar in uh in december for quite some time um and that's that's get, that's gotten moved out it's no longer happening in december of i think it was 2020 five originally and we're like what two years away <laughs> i was like looking at the clock and like, there's no way we're getting a there's no way we're getting a new film in in december 2025 i just don't believe any of the film dates like you said exactly uh, they will yeah. move and shift constantly up until the very end exactly mm -hmm. and and now they've announced that well that movie is not happening in uh, uh in 2025 apparently it's now may 22nd 2026 Followed by another one in December 18th, uh, 2026. We're getting two I, movies in one year. Did they I, I not have, learn from Solo? I know. No, I they, have such a These aren't real. That. They're not real. Yeah, they can't be real. I hope they're not they, even worried yet because yeah. there's they're not they are no they're not real movies. Yeah. And then and we're getting another one. They're not coming out at the same time. December same 17th, 2027. So supposedly within the span of one year, we're getting three movies. Um I, I, I don't like that idea because it seems like you're not plotting it out and you're not thinking your story through. You're rushing it just to get Star Wars movies out into the public. And that's not the way it should no. be. And, and we've talked about this before, but Star Wars needs to be event. Uh, you know, it's, it's a reason to go to the movie theater. 
it's a, you know, you wait a couple of years and then you're so excited to go see this movie that you go out in droves and you watch the movie so many times. When you are releasing movies that much, you're going to get a lot fewer people watching the movies. You're going to get a lot fewer people um, going repeat, repeat times. You're going to have a lot of people confused about which movie to go see and the hype. You don't get enough time to build up the hype and the excitement and the anticipation for the movies. And so, yeah, like you guys said, I don't play, put any stock in these until the until the movie is in production, and I don't I don't trust any of the release dates. Once it's in production, it's usually pretty accurate. With you know, but yeah, I, I would hope I would hope that if they put one in production, they they don't decide to do the other two basically at the same time and try and run it all through because then you're going to run the risk of burnout for having them spaced so closely together. Yeah, exactly. And you know, we we at celebration we got a number of movies announced, uh, and they they look exciting. Uh, I'm intrigued, and yet I don't trust them. Yeah, you know, we got we got Dave Filoni's movie. We've got the James Mangold's, um, you know, early Dawn of the Jedi film. Uh, we've got the the film from Charmed uh, Obechnoy that's continuing with Ray after the Rise of Skywalker with Daisy Ridley returning. So it's probably those three, but again, I don't, I don't trust anything until it's until it's in production. I do not trust a thing. Um, I think yeah. at this point, a lot of things are going to keep it on the sideline. Is you have the Writers Guild and then possibly an Actors Guild strike. Yeah, yeah. So we until that. all that stuff. Yeah, until all that stuff gets gets cleared up, I'm not putting trust or faith in anything coming out by way of any of these dates. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great a fun point. time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, also, um, we got uh, some details about uh, the new upcoming series, Star Wars Skeleton Crew. Not a lot, but the the, the writers were revealed by the Writers Guild of America. Uh, there's going to be eight. Uh, eight episodes in season one. Not too surprising. It's pretty standard. Most are written by Christopher Ford and John Watts, but there's a couple by, uh, literally two of the of the eight by Young Joe Wesner. So, yeah, that's. I, I'm very intrigued about this series. I'm very intrigued, and it says they are 60 minutes in length, so probably more on the hour side rather than the 30 minute side of, of things. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, and then okay, I think my maybe my most the most exciting announcement we've had is the reveal of Star Wars Outlaws from Massive Entertainment. This is Ubisoft, right? We knew Ubisoft uh, Games was working on an open world Star Wars game. We didn't know anything about it except that it was in production at Massive Entertainment, and we have it in a reveal, and it's coming out next year, Steven. I want to turn to you first because I instantly thought of you when I watched this trailer and the, the we actually got gameplay as well. Yeah. What did you impressive. think of Outlaws? So I thought the trailer was super impressive. Uh, I'm a little bit, I, I'm going back and forth a little bit, honestly. On the one hand, I've very much fallen out of the, and this is going to get very technical, but like the Ubisoft game formula of like open world where you go and explore a bunch of regions and then you've got a billion little mini fetch quests and like, Things like that. And everything we saw in the trailer looked very much like a Ubisoft game. Um, that being said, it is Star Wars, and I'm a sucker for Star Wars games, and it <laughs> looks really solid. Um, 
I, I think I, my biggest thing is I, just, I hope the gameplay holds up. That's usually a thing, a place where Ubisoft is a little weak. And if it if it does, I think it's we're in for a treat. It, it looks really solid, even with my my cautionary note. Yeah, I I'm one of those. Guys, I, I often will enjoy the Ubisoft games, you know, and so I, I'm excited. I think this this game just looks so so fun it's open world you play as a thief so it's more of like a smuggler's underworld right outlaws of course as the game is titled you play this thief named k vess and who has this she's got this sidekick sidekick named nix this mirqual almost like a cat or a you know a pet type of thing and uh you basically get to travel the galaxy she, she somehow becomes one of the galaxy's most wanted and to free herself she has to pull off one of the greatest heists the galaxy has ever seen and you get to travel all over the galaxy you literally get to fly you get to like drive anywhere you want on these planets you know to grab a speeder bike go all over these planets and then hop in a spaceship and fly all the way into space seamlessly where you can have space battles you're dealing with the pikes and the huts and the empire and other new new uh components of the underworld like the yashida clan this just looks so fun so fun I, I can't wait. It it's got a lot of pieces. And I do I really appreciate how fast it's coming out. Just mm-hmm. I've seen so many like the was it the Quantic Dreams Star Wars trailer, I think that was just like a CGI trailer and then yep. we've heard nothing since. Um the Kotor remake was obviously similar, although that's I know fallen into hard development times, but like we got a trailer, it's coming out next year. Perfect. Yep. Yeah, the one you're talking about, the Quantum Dream, isn't that one called Star Wars Eclipse? Yeah. Where they were banging yes, the drums. Yeah. I can yeah, yeah. remember the okay. name. Yeah. And yeah. that one looks really cool too. But you, as you said, Stephen, it's a CG trailer, and yeah, so nothing. yeah, you, there's no you don't know. I there's will, really no I will details. Take the game about in it. the hand, then the the two in the bush, if you right. will. <laughs> exactly. Good point. Exactly. So yeah, I'm excited. There's of course lots more to be discussed. If you're curious, there's lots of footage. You can actually see gameplay uh, online right now. We're going to get a lot of famous planets we've heard before. Um, maybe even see the return of like Kajimi and uh, Kanto Bite and Akiva. So there's some cool stuff there. We'll see what happens. That's like a wanted mechanic, kind of like the Grand Theft Auto games, you know, yeah. where it looks cool. It looks really cool. Absolutely. So with that, I think it's time for us to discuss Star Wars visions it's been uh, a couple of weeks uh, okay mm-hmm. a couple of weeks more like two months since it came out we've been uh, busy catching up on mandalorian and bad batch and uh all the great stuff that's been coming out. i mean heck we even got uh the you know new episode disney gallery of the mandalore making of mandalorian season three just came out last week so there's been so much star wars content so we're finally getting around to star wars visions tom tell us about what about this 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 second season Well, I guess following the success of Star Wars Visions, the first season, the newest volume will continue to push the boundaries of Star Wars storytelling with nine new shorts from nine studios from around the globe, employing the most captivating animation styles from a variety of countries and cultures. The second volume, which is the one we're going to be reviewing right now, offers a dynamic new perspective on the storied mythos of Star Wars. Now, I I will admit, the first season for me was kind of a hit and miss there were some fun episodes there were some where you're like yeah i kind of feel the same way with this one um 
I mean, what do you guys think of the second season? I have my favorites, but I think this one for me, there was a couple of them where for me, they missed the mark. And I know we're going to go probably episode to episode, but just for overall feeling, what did you guys think? I, I felt very similarly, you know, the season vision season one felt a lot like um, it, it's a it's a re- some beautiful animation, right? Not necessarily my cup of tea uh, as far as animation goes, but beautiful animation, very inventive storytelling. They weren't really that set in the Star Wars galaxy in, in many cases like, oh, you, you can kind of squint and maybe it's Star Wars, but it's it's very much Star Wars adjacent. It was not canon uh, for that reason. And, and as a result, it, it felt more like fan fiction, I think, than anything else to me. Uh, and it was still enjoyable. Um, mm. But ultimately, it was kind of like, you know, officially sanctioned fan fiction, fan fiction from Lucasfilm. Um, mm. uh, and so season two, what I really enjoyed about season two is that they, they've opened up the variety of art styles even more. And how you get art from across the world and not just like, you know, anime specifically. And you get all sorts of art style at stop motion or, um, you know, uh, there's just, just a wide, wide, wide variety. And so I liked that quite a bit. Um, and I think, yeah, I think for me, when it comes to the animation styles, we'll kick it off here with the first episode. Because actually, I thought the first episode was yeah and actually i oh i agree before we go into the details i'm curious steven your your any your high level thoughts thoughts, i'm sorry season one yeah no i was i actually so season one i also don't remember enjoying i i think i had the same feelings you guys did it was very out there in a lot of ways um and i found the first season had i don't even know how to describe this it was sprinkled with star wars versus being star wars at its roots like does that make sense like it, it yes didn't... yes and it, it obviously varied from episode to episode but some of them like i'm like the ronin episode i thought was maybe a good example where like yeah we had the droid we had the lightsaber we had a jedi and a sith kind of but it was very much like a kind of samurai type story and that's what they were going mm-hmm. for and i think i don't i'm not i don't want to knock it for achieving its own goal but it didn't have that same Star Wars root feeling. Mm-hmm. Most of these I felt like very much did. They all felt yeah. very Star Wars to me. Um, art styles, like you said, I thought were very solid. Um, we'll go through each of them one by one, but I was actually pleasantly very surprised. I watched, like, not a surprise. I watched this late compared to both of you. Um, I I was rushing it up against to our, our actual review, and then we had to move it back by a week or two due to some, you know, normal life events and things like that. Um, so I was, I'm two weeks on from, I think the episodes now, Yeah. but I, I'd put it off and then I was like, oh, these are like actually not bad. Like I'm actually genuinely enjoying these, especially like, I guess this is kind of a spoiler for my reviews, but like the first half of the season I thought was very solid. Mm-hmm. The second half was a little more uneven in my mind, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you know, Doug Chang, of course, you know, <laughs> Lucasfilm's uh, head of, head of the, you know, the art department, right? He often says that good Star Wars design is 70% reality and 30% otherworldly. And I think the same is often is really true for Star Wars storytelling and, and creating new Star Wars projects in general, right? You need that 70% to feel familiar. And with the remaining 30%, you can try new things and you can experiment. And season one felt very much like, you know, it was 30% Star Wars and 70% experiment. And I think that's maybe why it didn't land for me quite as well. Um 
And, you know, also the fact that it wasn't canon meant that they could, it wasn't just the art style you were playing with or the way, this type of storytelling, but also just the story in general, which made it harder to connect with personally. Mm -hmm. Um, Season two, I think, fixes a lot of that. The stories are mostly better overall. There's a lot more variety in the the art, in 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 the way they do the art and the way they tell the stories. And I think you can... Not entirely, but in many cases, I think the stories that are told in season two could actually fit into canon a little bit more, whereas season one, in many cases, definitely would not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think they they definitely got more toward the 70-30 split uh, in season two. So that that was a, I thought it was a, it was a good improvement. Mm-hmm. I think, I, go ahead, Stephen, go ahead. I, was like, I, I will say, I think one of my biggest issues with season two um they all a lot of the episodes end up feeling very samey in some ways. Um, they often deal with either like, uh, you know, a gray Jedi or Jedi who's struggling mm-hmm. or a kid who finds the force. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And in some ways, that's not yeah. surprising. If you went to, I think, like 10 different people around the world and were like, hey, tell me the first Star Wars story that comes to mind. I think like those are the themes that are very evocative of Star Wars. And so I think it's where everyone goes for their their first idea. Um, but it makes it feel very very uh not as much variety yeah yeah exactly it just it ends up it's everyone's first idea and it feels in this case like we uh everyone shipped their first idea you know and that's i don't think that's inherently a bad thing each episode i think stands on its own relatively well even when the stories of Haley sit very samey but when you're like watching them back to back you're like oh it's this story again okay yeah so let's let's dive into the specifics um so, Tom, do you want to start us off? Just give everyone a quick description of this first episode. This, this one, I actually, I had to watch. I, I enjoyed this episode because I loved how experimental it was. And this was just called The Sith. And in this episode, a former Sith apprentice finds their peaceful life threatened. Now, we were talking about the artistic style and how I think, it, William, you were talking about how it's uh, it's experimental and this one for me i think out of all of them was the most experimental Mm -hmm. by way the animation style and when i first saw it i thought it was it took me a while to get into it but then when you really started watching it was gorgeous how it just had this this sketchy kind of style to it with just the the blobs of color but it took a while to start yeah the paint the, the paint blobs but it took a while to start understanding when she put her hand on the ground and the black blobs came up and then all of a sudden it just turned into color every once in a while. It It's hard to describe. It was just one of those things in which it, for me for a bit, it took my breath away on how it was pulled off just by that look. Visually. Yeah. I think this was one of my favorite episodes, yeah. the kind of paint watercolor kind of uh, aesthetic, I think mm-hmm. was lo- really cool just to begin with. Um, and I really liked how it, uh, played in the story as well as kind of Lola yes. as this former Sith who is trying to forge her own life. And, you know, she's, um, I didn't quite pick it up again. This is one of the few that I watched multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, but like this, she's struggling because she keeps having her paint turn dark and she realizes, oh, like paint, like life has light and dark in it. There's a balance. Um, and especially some of the fight sequences where she and her, uh, the Sith are like, almost fighting with like these painted blades and the mm-hmm. the world is rushing and changing around them depending on their perspective. I thought was really, really neat. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I I couldn't agree more with what you what you guys both said. It was just visually so so cool, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, even though the the story you know it's fine, you know it's a short story. It doesn't have to get super deep. Honestly, at one point I thought it was I thought this episode might be a feature like Bastila Shan or Darth Malak, but uh no it's 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 definitely not mm-hmm. <laughs> it's definitely not but for a second i was like is it just the art style right is it is it is maybe it is but no uh, yeah no. yeah and the one thing i appreciated about this one is we were talking about how how, how th- there's that feel of star wars to it her land her speeder was basically like almost general general Grievous's uh speeder mm-hmm. from um uh revenge of the sith so there is always that tie you know, yes, you're experimenting within the Star Wars universe, but there is still a tie back to the original universe that doesn't really pull you out of it. And I appreciated that because the one thing I remember when it came to the first season, the one with the rock band was almost like it was a backstory to a pod racing thing on Tatooine because there's Job of the Hut. Right. And that was just like, okay, that could have happened then. This was a completely separate story, but still had a tie into the universe to make it to me that it was still part of Star Wars. And yes, you still had a Sith and a Jedi. And you kind of got the feeling in this Jedi, she was gray because she still had the red blade and a yellow blade. But still, it ended with her having hope that she's going to basically find that balance. But she had to leave to go somewhere else to find it because now she's gotta go this episode a like we talked about kind of a lot of episodes having the same trope this one i felt like kind of didn't like it felt very unique amongst all of them which i think is a a pretty big point in its favor um i also like this is one of those episodes where i was like oh this is like like ronin kind of got its own like spin-off novel which admittedly i didn't ever read because i didn't find ronin that interesting this one was like oh this actually feels like something i wish there was more story on Mm -hmm. that i agree with this seems like a, a cool character or a cool situation. Um, I like the droid a lot as a, just an aside, like, I don't know. This yeah. one I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it, 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 I, I thought visually very well done. Uh, yeah. very well done. Uh, I, it makes sense why they started off the season with the episode. Absolutely. So, so. Well, I guess so. We, you know, this is because there's a there's so many episodes here. We're not going to do, I think, Womp Rat. What we're going to do with our Womp Rats for each one of these episodes. But if you had to get it a quick rating, uh, just a quick, you know, quick, you know, sentence or two summary, what would you give this episode? Um, uh, I can go. Oh, go ahead, Tom. I, I, I go with an eight. Sorry, Stephen. Go ahead. You're next. Yeah, I was gonna. I think I'd actually give this. I think I would give it a nine, honestly. Um, like I said, this is one of the few that I watched multiple times and I, I really enjoyed. So awesome. nine. Yeah, I think ultimately I, I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't my favorite of the season, um, but it was, I think I really appreciated the art style. And so I, I probably give it a seven and a half uh, overall. Um, really, really cool start. Uh, not necessarily my favorite of the season. There's mm-hmm. some, you know, again, a little, it felt a little shallow at times, but it had some some cool some cool moments. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got Screechers Reach from Cartoon Saloon. It was directed by Paul Young and written by Will Collins and Jason 
uh, Temamagi. And in this episode, a young girl out on an adventure with her friends discovers a legendary cave with a dark pole. Tom, your thoughts on this one? You would have to come to me. Um, <laughs> well, because the, not to make it sound bad, but there were some of them that were very memorable and some of them that were just like, and for me, when it came to this one, I, this wasn't one in which I would go back and watch again, like the first one. And, for, and I just, I, I yeah, just, this, yeah, Stephen, what are your thoughts? <laughs> this one, I actually feel, I feel mixed on, um, cause you know, I, a lot of these I would watch like, you know, in the morning while I was, you know, getting the dog's food ready and stuff like that. Um, this one very much started like the first, I don't remember how long it is. Let's say it was 20 minutes. The first, honestly, 10 to 15 minutes. I could have cared less about this episode. Mm -hmm. Like it's a couple of kids going on yep. a, a journey to a, uh, like a cave and this cave is scary. And then there's like a Sith monster in the cave. It's almost like a ghost or a horror story. You know, mm -hmm. videos, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. like, it was, it was like kind of spooky, but like none of the characters are particularly interesting. Um, but one of the characters has, you know, like a Jedi talisman that she's been talking into the entire time. And um, again, that like kind of themed like, okay, it's a young kid finding the forest, yada, yada. Um, the reveal at the end that no, they've actually been talking to a like Sith master and this uh, like killing of another Sith was the like, uh, I'm blanking on the word, like her final test to be taken for training so she can leave this planet was actually really cool. Like that was a much darker reveal. And like the shot is her like leaving her friends because, you know, she can't take her friends when she's going to go become a Sith master or whatever. Mm -hmm. I thought was really, really mm -hmm. neat. And so it was, it was a, a so, so story that led up to a really cool finale. Um, which I think in broadly ends up feeling kind of unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's very well said, Stephen. I, 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 I don't know if I can describe it better, right? It's a, yeah, it, it was, I liked some of the camera angles, very unique style of shooting, et cetera. But ultimately, yeah, I was kind of bored until the, the very end. And I was like, whoa, that's cool. That's, uh, that's amazing. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, uh, I, I wish there had been a little more to really grab you earlier on, mm -hmm. but that ending was fan fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. This is one I'd say, like, kind of, I guess I can lead into ratings a little bit with it. But, like, this was a, the quintessential, like, uh, I only need to watch this once. Um, and I didn't enjoy it that much. But it it kind of was worth it watching once for the ending and having that kind of surprise and that that moment. Yeah. Um, I think I'd probably give this one, like, a six and a half, though. Like, you did what make me watch, you know, 20 minutes of... Uh, a story for only like five minutes of good content. So I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I, I, I'd give it six and a half as well. Um, Tom. Sorry. Um, I, I gave it a six. Okay. You know, that's fair. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. That's very yeah, fair. I just, I gave it a six. <laughs> and there's so many in this episode, right? We, we didn't, we, uh, you know, we're just doing this kind of rapid fire, uh, unlike our normal <laughs> reviews, just because there's so much in this, so much packed into this, into this mm -hmm. season. It's, and it's always yeah. tough because, like, none of these episodes are individually worth, like, reviewing on their own. So you just mm -hmm. kind of have to group them together. Exactly. They're just, they're surface. Exactly. Deep. But, um, yeah. yeah, Tom, what was our next episode? So the next episode was called In the Stars by Punk Robot directed by Gabriel Osorio, written by Gabriel Osorio, 
And in this episode, two sisters who are the last of the kind fight for survival when Imperial forces discover them. Now, this one, this one was, I'm always a sucker for stop motion, clay, claymation, animation, all that kind of stuff. And this had that look to it. I just, I kind of found it, I, I, I kind of found it a little slow. And it's really sad that they're like basically two of their kind and they're fighting for, you know, they're fighting the Imperials. I don't know what. It, this this yeah, one, yeah. I think its biggest issue, like A, the world they've kind of crafted, I thought was really cool. The claymation mm -hmm. was neat. Yep. All that stuff um, is fine. My biggest issue is it suffers from the annoying child trope of, um, you know, the, the older sister is going to get water. The younger child thinks they just need to, like, lift their hand in order to, uh, you know, uh, what, I'm blanking the word, like, cast the empire out. Right. Um, real, like, I actually really enjoyed the story for this one. But I really didn't like how, like, ah, oh, the younger child has foolishly not listened to instructions and followed the empire into, uh, you know, the whatever you want to call it, like the uh, the camp, mm -hmm. um, or follow the older sister into the empire's camp, and then she gets in trouble, and then she's captured, and that drives the story. Right. Um, it, it's so, like the sister. The, the sister had too much of a stubbornness in her that you could yeah, tell just, she was really. The, yeah, it's the, oh, the younger child is, is dumb and doesn't follow directions I, yes. more than any other trope, I think. And it, there, I feel like there was one other episode uh, in the season that had that trope as mm -hmm. well. I, I'll see if I remember when we get to it. But it I think it bothered me quite a bit here. It's probably my mm -hmm. biggest issue with this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And we find out eventually that they, you know, there's a little the, there's a lot of talk initially about how, you know, the Empire destroyed their world and killed, uh, you know, their their mother and so that's why she's you know in the stars now it almost has like a, a lion king type of feel to it right uh yeah <laughs> uh, in, in some ways yeah, it did. uh and uh you know and how the you know their mother is watching down uh, watching over them and, and and whatnot um and then later on they find out that they're they actually have the force and they're able to wipe out the imperial forces and return you know the water that the empire stole back to the back to the planet and i think it's implied that the ATST they take down may have been the same one that killed their mother. And so, you know, they got their, yep. their revenge. Uh, and it's, yeah, it, it's a, it's a fine story. It, it certainly was not my favorite. I really liked the art style. Again, this is one of those ones where I really liked the art style, but the, the story was a little bit, a little bit suffered, uh, from it, but yeah, overall it was, it was fine. I, I mean, I'd probably give it like a five and a half. You know, but it was, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a fine episode. Yeah, I, I, I give it a five. I think the biggest thing for me is it's, it was just the two of them. Okay, so now they defeated the empire. You're the two left on the planet. It's like, if there was there, more of a, you know, a, a village or a small village that they actually saved, I think that you know, other than just the payoff of there's just these two left. Yeah. I, I'd actually give it a little higher. I think I'd probably give this one, I want to say like a seven. Um, as much as the trope annoyed me, I, I did enjoy this one. And it, uh, I thought was, yeah, it ended on a very, this very somber note where on the mm -hmm. one hand, yes, they've won. On the other hand, uh, yes, the empire's completely decimated their home and world. Like there, there's no coming back from that. Yeah. The next one though, I enjoyed. I am, I 
Are you okay if I do this one? Oh, William? please. So take it. Okay. Please go ahead. Take it. <laughs> so the next episode is I'm Your Mother by Ardman. Um, the director was Magdalena Osinka, and the writer was Magdalena as well, as well as Holly Wash and uh, Barnuka O'Shaughnessy. The synopsis is young pilot Annie, embarrassed by her clingy mom, must, ta- must team with her on a wild madcap academy race. That synopsis is wrong, William. The actual <laughs> really? synopsis is Ardman ruins the good name of Wedge and Tilly's. <laughs> How dare they demean him to a sports commentator commercial like sellout? I think this episode is zero. But he had more lines in this movie. Than, uh, I mean, in this show, than anything he's ever been in. Yeah, I, yeah, that did bother me. And it, jokes aside, I did really enjoy seeing Wedge. I was a little sad to see him reduced to this. Yeah, but it was kind of the it, and it Dennis the, Lawson the too. Like they brought back Dennis yeah. Lawson to play Wedge, and I love that he also has like a gift shop in the yes, <laughs> the Wedge gift like, shop. Like, any, so like good. any good like any good ride, you have to have a gift shop at the end, or at least in this case, a race. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I I thought this was a I really like this one. It was probably one of my favorite ones. You know, I again stop. You know, the, the kind of the claymation. I am your mother, of course. Fam- oh, sorry, Ardman, famous for. Um, Creators of I Am Your Mother, famous for the Wallace and Gromit um, uh, series, and yeah, it's 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 really well done. It's it's more fun and very funny and lighthearted. Lots and lots of Easter eggs in the background, which we can dive into as well. I mean, I think at one point you see Mas Kanata steal Luke's lightsaber, trying to mm-hmm. explain how she got it in The Force Awakens, and there's oh, like posters of there's posters of Wedge and Hera above Annie's bed, uh, as well as the the band star weaver from vision season one so there's lots of little like i just really liked all of the little details they added yeah i don't know sorry steven i think you started to say something no i i missed all those details so it makes me want to go back and take a look too yeah it's 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 fun you know they've got a um it, it and it really it has a lot of heart right it comes back down to this girl she's learning how to fly and and the academy is doing these races that are of course hosted they're they're on uh Chandrilla and you know they're kind of hosted by Wedge Antilles, right? And the the girl, uh Annie, or I guess her own name's Annie Sukaline, uh, is she's embarrassed about her her mother and thinks that, you know, they 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 don't have as much, right? They 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 kind of work in the fields. They don't they're they're kind of outcasts in in many ways. And they her mother shows up and she's really embarrassed at first, but then eventually they, they win the race and she's, she's no longer embarrassed of her mother uh, at the end. And it's, it's, it's a really nice, it's a really nice story. I, I, I thought, you know, and they have to the beat the villains, the, the Van Riebles. Um, it was, I, I enjoyed it. I, 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 I liked it quite a bit. It does have a little bit of the, Oh, uh, what? Sorry, it was in Mandalorian we were talking about, you know, the New Republic kind of being incompetent. And we get mm-hmm. some of the shots of like, you know, the same politicians from the Empire now doing the same things in the New Republic. Mm-hmm. And you definitely get a little bit of that vibe with uh, the kind of like evil child and mother here. Um, like they basically drive like a Sith speeder around. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And it, it it oddly fits well with, I think, what they've uh, kind of set up as the universe here, which made me chuckle. Yeah. yeah, I also like the one where you had the family of Wookiees. <laughs> yes. And, and the family of Wookiees. And then it was the 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 speeder next to it looks over. It's like they're making fun of him. And the baby sits there and 
pulls the arms off of I think the, yeah. the stormtrooper and he's sitting there sucking on the uh, the binky. Oh God, I thought that was it. That's the one thing I loved about Armand is the like William you mentioned the little Easter eggs that are throughout the whole thing, and it just. I just love Ardman animation and mm-hmm. I really, I'll be honest. I had to watch it a second time to really appreciate this episode. And so it's true. What, what would you give it, Tom? I, I have to, I have to give it, I'm going to actually change mine. I'm giving it a nine. Cause I was going to give it an 8.5, but I'm giving it a nine. I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah. I, I think I'd give this one, I think seven and a half. Um, a little bit tropey, but like you guys said, very enjoyable. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I think I'd probably give it an eight and a half overall, right? It's it's just fun. And I think it, it I could see it fitting into the larger canon and it, it, mm-hmm. it, it kind of had that nice, I feel like when you're telling a short story, right, it, it can be hard to tell a, uh, a much more complex story in such a short amount of time. And it, while the storyline is simple, it's, it's just fun. They brought back characters we've always wanted to see. And so, yeah, I, I'd give it like, eight and a half I, I i thought it was a it was a good one we've also got uh journey to the dark head by studio muir and it was directed by hyung gyun park and written by chung si rang and in this episode a hopeful mechanic and a disillusioned jedi team up for an unlikely quest to turn the tide of the war so in this one you know there's this this girl named ara and uh, you know, long story short, there's a, well, I guess not that long of a story, but, uh, you know, they, uh, there's this mountain where two, these two statues are placed up in the clouds and the girl decides that, you know, Hey, if she can cut off the head of the dark statue, the star statue representing the dark side that may be able to change the course of the war between the Jedi and the Sith. And it's, it almost kind of reminds me of the, um, uh, you know the the Mortis arc from the Clone Wars, right? Where they these statues have such power over the galaxy that you can destroy one statue and the you know because they're like they're balanced, right? They're connected, and if you destroy one, you can turn the tide of of the war. It was it was probably most like Vision season one in that regard. Um, but uh, I was really impressed how they you could go to uh, quite a few locations uh, all at once and. You know, we get this, the relationship between Ara and her, uh, this Jedi who accompanies her named Tool, who's just plagued by fear and visions of a Sith who killed his master. And it's, it's really cool. Mm. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about this one, honestly. Like there's a whole vision, like sub thing going on where like they record visions and then write them down. And then uh, she discovers Ara that like the vision she saw as a child, I think was herself in the future. Um mm-hmm. This one was just, it's really weird. I don't really know how to feel about this one. <laughs> that's a fair description. <laughs> I just, that's not helpful, but yeah. there you go. It, 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 it's not. I, I kind of agree with you. I, I like the idea of the opposing statues, but I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Yeah. The, the lightsaber I, duel at the end was pretty cool, too, because you know, it turns out the Sith who killed Tool's master is there. It's a, named a Beechin, and it was a, it was a pretty great uh, duel. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I'm just going to sum it up as I'm going to give it a 6.5. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm about the same. I enjoyed it, but I I don't. It was weird. That's my summary. <laughs> <laughs> Quote it. Oops. Weird. It was definitely Done. weird. I'd probably give it a seven and a half. But yes, I agree, Stephen and Tom. It was definitely a little more weird. Yeah, it was. It worked well enough for me. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think the next one, though, 
The next one was was an interesting topic because the next one was called The Spy Dancer by Studio, Studio La Cachetta. I'm butchering names. I'm very sorry. Director, I think it's La Cachette. La Cachette. Thank you. Yeah. Ah, it must be French, yeah. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, director was Julian Shang. And written by uh, Julian Shane. And in this episode, a premier dancer at an imperial frequented cabaret is tested when her identity is compromised. I found this one fascinating because it had that whole spy thing going on. And it did feel like it was more um, more cell animated, kind of like that kind of aesthetic to it. But uh, what, what are your thoughts on this one? Th- this one was interesting. This was probably one of my favorites up there with Ardman's short. Um, it, it was just really like it was, had a very, very noir feel to mm-hmm. the episode. And it, it was I, I like the spy element, right? You got this cabaret dancer named Loi, I think is how you pronounce it, who runs the place uh, and is also a spy. Right. And they the, the Imperials come there. It's kind of like the. Um, the the galaxy's opera house on Coruscant in Revenge of the Sith, right? And the yep. the the mm-hmm. imperial officers go here and they they talk and the, the these dancers listen in for details and pass them along to the you know rebellion until one day Loi comes face to face with the imperial officer who destroyed her village and kidnapped her son and it's a it really kind of all of a sudden hits home, right? You, 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 you're like, wow, she's now she's she's right there with the guy who took everything from her. But yeah. that, I think, to me, was the fun part because wasn't uh, sorry, well, uh, Stephen, but that was, no, the I, was twist. Say, I, I also really enjoyed this. But go ahead, Tom. Yeah, yeah, and and that was the twist because she thinks it was the officer that destroyed her village, but come to find out, it ended up being the kidnapped son that was taken from her those mm-hmm. 20 years ago when the village was was basically burned down what a great twist yeah yeah steven yeah steven, no, I, I don't know that i have that much more to add like it it had a very uh, almost like world war ii story type mm-hmm. feel like it, um, you actually took that out of my i was gonna say that yes like you know you've got like the resistance and the nazis and things like that um not super far off when we're talking about you know the uh mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it the empire but yeah just Another, like, I don't know if I'd say this. I enjoyed this more than the first one, William, but it's very close. Um, I, I think I'd give this one like an eight and a half. Like, it was really, really good. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I also uh, had written down eight and a half for this episode. It was just, I, I really liked it. It was, it was very unique. Uh, the art style was, was so different. Like I said, it was noir. Mm-hmm. It felt very hand painted. It was very flowy, right? With fight, the fighting and the dancing and the spying, um, all all in one, and that ending where the you know, like as you said, Tom, it turns out that it's not the officer. He didn't just destroy her village; it was her son that was taken, and he grew up. And mm-hmm. and it's a very ambiguous ending. It it you know he it's it's very it's left unclear as to whether he will turn away from the empire or or not, or, or, or stay with them. And I liked how ambiguous and open-ended it was. Mm-hmm. And I think out of so far, the episodes we've talked about, I would like to see a follow-on for this one. Uh, the Ardman one naturally would be a lot of fun to see what more Easter eggs they could throw mm-hmm. in. And then the first episode, these three, I yeah. could actually see follow-ons from. Yeah. So, but you know, we still have a couple more to go. 
We do. We do. Uh, Tom, yeah. what would you rate this episode? Um, oh, I forgot to say that. I actually, <laughs> I think I'm with the, with both of you. I've given it an 8.5 as well. Okay. Cause I, I really love the fight scenes, especially the flowiness of the main character and how she was fighting. And, and she's in this white dress and watching all that animation mm-hmm. go through. I thought it's really cool. Beautiful to watch. Yep. Yeah. All right. So that brings us to the next episode, which is the bandits of Golak by 88 Pictures, director Ishan Shukla and writer Ishan Shukla. And a synopsis is pursued by the Empire, a boy and his Force-sensitive younger sister seek refuge at a vibrant, uh, this is uh, Daba or Dahaba, something along those lines. Um, Very much more of the child who has the Force and child who doesn't know how to not draw attention to themselves, which I found kind of frustrating. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. A neat story, but it's all about, you know, uh, Ronnie, a young girl and her older brother as they're trying to escape the Empire. Um, And then she just keeps drawing attention to them so that they keep getting in trouble, which I was not kind of frustrated me. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the the storyline was a little bit more frustrating, certainly from that standpoint. I love I really like the art style because it looked very much like the clone wars um in in many ways mm-hmm. but with a more of an indian twist right mm-hmm. to it um of course you know 88 pictures is uh, uh based in india i believe and it's um yeah it was a really i i thought the art style it was one of my favorite art styles in the uh, in this in this season again probably a little biased because it looked a lot like you know a a a, a Take a spinoff of the Clone Wars in some ways, um, but it was neat, you know. And there were some some nice fight scenes, and you know, I I I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, this this is the one episode where I I thought it was beautiful. I thought the animation was great, but I had to stop in the middle of it because I just I think Steve and I agree. It's like you get a little frustrated with a young girl who just could not stop. I guess being noticed. Yeah. And there was let me, th- let me th- use there... the force to steal this snack in the middle of a crowded, you know, uh, yeah. train ride. Let me do it again. Even after I've been told not to do it. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and it just, it just got frustrating where it's like, it's, it's one of those things where you had to put something down and come back to it later. And I did watch all the other ones. And then I had to come back to this one. And I'm like, I can't even remember if I even finished it. Um, out of all the other ones, I know I got to the end and this one, I'm like, I, I, I have to give this one. If I'm going to give it a rating right now, I have to give it a six. It was not, it's one of those in which I appreciated for what they did, but I just got lost in how they were trying to get to the end of the story. That's fair. I think that's, that's very fair. Um, yeah. What, what would you, what would you give it, Steven? I think I'd probably give this like a six and a half. Maybe uh, I'm gonna give it a six. I think I need to go a little lower. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was fine. But it, this is the case, I think, where it bugged me more than not. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. You know, the girl did cause a lot of problems. Ultimately, I think the I think I like the art style so much that it it pulled up my reading a little <laughs> bit. Because uh, I think I would give it a uh, a seven and a half. Um, 
it, it was cool, right? And you, you see this like old Jedi master restaurant owner who kind of comes out of hiding to rescue the girl. And there's a underwater Jedi temple where it kind of comes out of nowhere and she goes and she leaves her brother behind to go study the the ways of the force. It was an interesting ending. And so, yeah, I'd probably give it seven and a half um, out of, uh, out of, out of 10. Uh, let's see. Coming up toward the end, the last two, we've got The Pit by D'Art uh, Chittagio and Lucasfilm Limited. Uh, it was directed by Leandre Thomas and Justin Ridge, of course, from um, many of the animated series uh, that Lucasfilm puts out. And it was written by Leandre Thomas as well. And in this episode, a young prisoner forced to dig for Kyber by the Empire plans an escape for he and his people. So, yeah, this is really, I mean, as the episode is titled, right? It's a, it's a, a group of uh, people have been enslaved by the Empire, forced to mine kyber crystals at the bottom of a giant, giant pit, hence the name. And this inspires, um, uh, you know, this 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 kid basically named Crux decides to try to climb out of the pit. And it's kind of like, kind of free climbing all the way up. It's it's, it's an interesting, very well, well, well shot scene, right? And he, he his escape inspires... Uh, Livy and the other prisoners to work together uh, to to drive awareness of the Empire's atrocities. They basically like you know shine a big light out of the pit to so that the nearby city um, sees what's going on and comes over and takes a look and uh, ultimately allows them to to escape and, and and rescues them. Overall, they're there wasn't a lot of talking at times. It was very quiet. Um, we're thinking some cool time lapses, uh, some neat music, but yeah, I don't know. What, what did you guys think? I, I'll just say I wasn't a big fan of this one. Bingo. Uh, <laughs> I, honestly, I just yeah. like they built, they dig a pit and then they yell for a while and then people come and let them out of the pit. And that was mm-hmm. the story. And uh, on top of that, sorry, Steven, go ahead. No, no, that's, I, that I'm done just like the episode was. <laughs> okay. And and then the other, you see the time-lapse of the city being built. Well, how could a city be built and not know that there's this big pit with people in it? Yeah. There's unless a, it was yeah. a cover up. Yeah. yeah there's yeah, a couple. I feel like they were trying to kind of tell a story about, you know, like, um, oh, I'm blanking on the word, but like, you know, it's, to, it's you know you may not be able to solve your own injustice but you know you should draw attention to it and it will people will come and help you and things like that like there there's a decent message i felt like behind it but it was just mm-hmm. they didn't they dug a pit then they left and then or then the empire left and then the people called for help and then the, the people came and that that was the end of the episode like yeah this was i think this might have been my least favorite to be honest of all of them so what would you rate it I give it a five. It feels a little low, but I just did not enjoy this one at all. I, I, I gave it a 5.5. 5. Yep. I mean, I, I just, I had the problem. Like I said, you've got this big city next to it that was created because there was a pit here of people. And yeah. So William, what did you think? Honestly, I felt very similar to you guys overall. Like I said, I, I liked, there was definitely moments that I liked quite a bit. Um, but ultimately it was, I found it a little bit lacking. And so, yeah, five, five and a half, uh, Womp Rats, uh, mm-hmm. it was, is my rating as well. And that brings us to the final episode. Mm-hmm. 
Tom. And in this, this one was Aru's, I think it's pronounced Aru's song by Triggerfish, directed by Nadia Dari's and Daniel Clark. And this was also written by Nadia Dari's and Daniel Clark. And in this episode, a child who longs to sing must stay quiet because her voice can cause great calamity in the mines. I found this interesting because when you first got into the episode, it seemed like if she was to sing, it would be a negative thing that would happen in the mines. But in the end, it ended up being a positive thing. What I liked about this one, though, it did look like it was stop motion, but instead of being like, you know, the Ardman kind of stop motion, this looked like it was more of a felt type of character, um, construction of the characters. And this was another one in which I got to a point where I had to stop, think about it, and then finish it. And it was from the second point I actually kind of went, okay, I didn't mind this episode that much. And I thought it was kind of cool because here's this little girl. She she wants to sing, but when she starts singing, the the planet almost like creates earthquakes. And her father's like, don't, don't, don't sing because you may cause a problem. So he keeps her mouth covered. Yeah, I, I did really like, like I said, the animation for this one, like kind of that felt styling was really cool. I also really enjoyed the uh the kyber crystal kind of mythology here where we talk about like bleeding of kyber crystals or in this case kind of the reverse where like all the kyber crystals have been corrupted and having them be cleansed i thought was uh kind of a neat topic Mm -hmm. um i guess overall i felt very like i thought this one was fine i enjoyed it i don't feel like it stood out to me any one way or the other beyond just the animation being very very cool yeah and and i thought that was the one thing i i appreciated about it because it was almost like the father at a certain point was like, you know, don't don't do this because you're going to harm people if you sing. But it ended up because of the Jedi master that was there or the Jedi that was there because of the the cleansing of the Kyber crystals and ended up being a positive thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it, it, it was neat. Like the I like how they tried to take a different approach with how you connect to the force. And that's something we've seen in you know, the EU quite a bit in various games and the EU, like, you know, the different, the different, the books and the comics, right? We'll see different ways of connecting with the force. And in this case, it's through song. And that was, that was a neat, uh, neat thing. And, you know, of course the girl, right? She, she initially doesn't have a great relationship with her father. And then that ends up kind of, you know, um, he he doesn't believe her and you know it's kind of a classic star wars uh, trope in in many ways and then she you know ultimately she she kind of leaves with this jedi this jedi named kratu and um theory and theoretically goes off to become a jedi and yeah it's, I, the art style was very unique again it felt kind of almost like 3d puppet uh 3d felt puppets and with uh, mixed in with clay and stop motion uh, but also very different from ardman's version so yeah it was um uh yeah it was it was it was good overall i wouldn't say it was my favorite um i think i i I wish they'd ended the season on a slightly better note um i think i thought overall it was maybe like a six and a half uh it was it was good it was it was it was passable but it wasn't wasn't my favorite i guess i'd say yeah i would also give it a six and a half and i think you actually described perfectly like i the first four episodes I felt like were really strong, um, generally speaking. And then we got to this back half. And like even this one I thought was fine, but it it doesn't have the I feel like the extra spark that made some of the early ones so uh impressive. 
Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you. Um, I am going to give it a 6.5. I went up a bit, but then no, I, I have to give it a 6.5 uh, across the board. So awesome. I I guess at this point, do we want to do an overall for what we thought of season two for Visions? Yeah, I, yeah. Let, let's let's yeah. do it. I, I'll kick okay. it off. I know I I kind of said at the beginning, right? Star Wars is the it's it's that that. 30 70 30 split right 70 percent familiar 30 percent different and i thought that this season two was much much better than season one uh in that regard i felt it 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 definitely was more along the lines of what i would have liked i think if they do a season three i would love to see them i would love to see them really kick it up a notch and, and maybe say what kind of stories can you tell within the star wars universe and experiment with different genres experiment with different types of stories different characters but um and, you know of course different art styles is, is fantastic but how can you be within the star wars canon right uh so i think it's 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 definitely trending in the right direction uh vision season two versus season one I enjoyed it a lot more. It's still not my favorite thing uh, Star Wars has done, and that's okay. We don't have to love everything. Um, but, you know, it was not bad. So overall, I'll give it 7.5 Womp Rats out of 10. My 7.5 Womp Rats, they're going to hang out with Wedge, uh, Wedge Antilles, and How dare help you. him wow. conduct the race. I think you took Steven's uh, Womp Rat rating. <laughs> oh, no, did I? No, that episode didn't happen. I don't know what you're talking about. There was no Wedge and Tilly's. Uh, Wedge is a great man. And how dare you? Um, I can go next. I I will add on to what you said, William. I think this to me was the perfect uh, Visions season one. And by that, I, I don't think it went far enough. Like you, I'd like to see them, you know, if their first idea was this, I would like to see all of these studios kind of do their second idea. Um, something a little bit more unique i think and varied um i think the first episode sith did a really good job of uh being emblematic of that in my mind uh but a lot of the others just felt very like the, my first star wars story i guess if you want to think of it that way i love the uh, i'll give it it's so good yeah yeah like i'll give it a seven and a half as well um i think it, it's enjoyable i i thought the season was broadly fine um obviously there were a few i didn't enjoy but that's i think that's Par for the course, usually, especially something kind of experimental this way. I think my ask is just, yeah, like if we're going to do a, a vision season three, let's try and find a balance between the two seasons. Like I, we don't need to have stories that are so crazy out there, but we also should be trying to do stories that aren't just child finds force or, you know, mm -hmm. variations on, on that. Yeah, I, I agree. I guess for me, I'm just going to give the full overall season a, a seven uh seven out of ten womp rats um i thought it was fine i really enjoyed that first episode that one out of all of them is basically the the number one episode was my as my favorite then the wedge antilles one was my second favorite um the other ones that they're again there's ones you can take there's ones you can leave i don't mind the experimentation um i think in some cases it's good that they kind of push it um, but also with the understanding that it is not canon, but you can still tell stories. There are some I would like to see continue. Uh, I did mention I'd like to see that first episode. I'd like to see that one continue. Then there was one from the first season where you had the two sisters that ended up being opposites of, of each other. That one I wouldn't mind seeing continue. 
Um, we shall see. Um, but you know, experimentation's great, and you never know what's going to come of it. So, seven out of ten womp rats. My seven womp rats are actually going to go into the first episode we saw within this um, season, and they were actually running around in the background making their own finger paintings as the other painters were going around making their blobs and stuff across the wall. So, yeah. Oh, man, I, I think I forgot to do something with my Womp Rats, didn't I? Oh. Because I was going to do exactly that one, and now I can't. Oh, you uh, mean mine or Williams? No, I was going to do... So I didn't think of Williams. I probably would have if I thought about it more. I was going to have mine also play in the paint. Oh, um, sorry about that. But I guess that. now that they can't do that, I'll just go to my other favorite episode. Uh, how about my Womp Rats will... Uh, they were part of the dance crew. Like, there was the solo act, you know, with the, the Sky Dancer. She runs mm -hmm. around. And then there's the the group act, kind of like the Backstreet Boys, I guess, you know, like a boy band, but they're all Womp Rats. And, um, well, it, was a, it was a very, wow, I keep making noise, which is helpful. Um, uh, very popular with the Empire. Well, you know, there's the other one you could have done. I just thought of this one. They always could have gone into I Am Your Mother with Ardman, and they could have been the Womp Rats running around within the um, Annie ship, keeping her mom and Annie company, you know, because it, it, it yeah, was a trash scalpel. That would also fit, I think. I'll, I'll stick with what I did, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of good choices in this. Yeah, there's some good choices. Yeah, yeah. William, what are what are we reviewing next? Well, of course, we have Ahsoka on August 23rd, the series premiere. I cannot wait. But I think Stephen, you and I are going to try to do a review of Star Wars Jedi Survivor. We recently, we've now both finished the game uh, and, and all the content. I know. I think we both 100%ed it. Uh, there's, I'm excited to discuss this game with you. It was really fun. And so I think, I think we might try to see if we can find some time over the next couple of weeks, uh, do a review of Jedi survivor while we all wait for Ahsoka. And you never know, there might be a couple other bonus episodes as mm -hmm. well, but yeah, uh, stay tuned. You know, as, as we said at the top of the show, it's the summer. So we usually like to give you a little bit of a, a little bit of a break, right? Uh, you can enjoy all the, great stuff uh enjoy the enjoy the nice weather enjoy all the the great content that disney has released so far uh all the great lucasfilm content uh lots of star wars stuff in the last year to watch uh and yeah we're we'll be back with our review of ahsoka and you know maybe jedi survivor and a few other things we'll see uh so yeah thank you all for listening enjoy the rest of your summer and we'll be back here and there with a few episodes for you. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.